Hey, this is Jim, and you're listening to the podcast edition of the Jim Toth Show. Hear us live weekday afternoons from 1 till 3. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Kristen is a former Winnipegger who now lives in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And before we get into what I want to talk to you about, I'm going to put you on the spot because you're making fun of it on social media. What is the gas price in Indianapolis today? Oh, gosh. I, this is my eternal struggle down here is I cannot find an accurate way to compare gas prices because we don't, the dollar is different and it's not measured the same. So there are gas prices here that are 440, 450 a gallon, but I have no idea what that translates in Canadian dollars and liters. So it's a math mess for me. Neither do I. Whenever I travel to the States and fill up, I'm just like, it's like a lottery ball. I'm like, uh, $68. Okay, whatever that is, whatever that comes out to. There we go. Um, So yes, I appreciate you joining me. I'm looking forward to the conversation and I appreciate your patience too. If we do have to cut away, I do want to bring you back on. I can move some uh, things around in our next segment and we'll do so. But the reason we're talking to you is we're talking about proximity bias in the workforce and part of our ongoing series um, for uh, a future of work segments we have here. Before we get into too much, tell us what I- Icology is. Icology has grown now to a community. So it's really for anyone who works in internal communication or employee engagement. Uh, it grew from a podcast and now we're a membership-based community. We do learning opportunities, cross your fingers, soon to be in-person events and learning opportunities. Um, so I get to be connected to some of North America's brightest minds when it comes to employee engagement and employee communication. What are you finding with what we've been through the past two years compared to maybe what you were seeing prior to the pandemic with that um, employee engagement? Like many industries, the challenges that became exposed as a result of COVID-19 and other things in the last couple of years, um, they, it's really just exacerbated what was already there. So work has changed because it wasn't working for people in the first place. And I think the, the biggest factor that it's exposed for a lot of companies is trust and, and employee trust. And if, if you don't trust an employee to work from home, my first question is, why did you hire them? And my second question is, what are those trust issues that you are carrying that might be impacting that ability for you to relinquish a little bit of control and empower your employees? That's interesting because about a month ago, we were talking about a survey that said that 40 some percent of people uh, want to continue to work from home and and 30 some would be willing to change jobs if they were forced to go back to the office. And I found that very interesting. And then we sort of dove into the aspect that a lot of people might say that, but actually going and finding another job would be interesting. But then I kind of started going down the path of prior to the pandemic, if your boss came to you and said, I just like Manitoba Hydro here with 2,200 people in a new building downtown Winnipeg a couple of years ago, if they just said, we're not building a new building and all of you have to work from home, I wonder what the response would be if it wasn't due to a pandemic. Right. I'd be very curious, too. And I suspect that it would still be split. I think there would be half of the people who would say, great, I never want to set foot in this building again. And half the people would say, I don't mind coming into work. My home life is not set up for me to work there. My family isn't my my social life, whatever it is, my physical home space just might not be conducive to working there full time. And so I think that's where no no office, no company is. Um, there's no standard template for it. It's really about what works for your business and also what works for each individual employee. So the more you can tailor that experience, the better, in my opinion. 
And I, I immediately thought, and it's kind of ridiculous, but I thought, well, if we're going to do this and I need a brand new leather couch about this long and I need a brand new desk and a $4,000 office chair for my back, I, and, I, I, and I'm being funny, but I think that that's where some of these discussions would have gone. Like, you have to deck out my home then. It's your responsibility. Whereas now, because we've done it and people have enjoyed it so much with makeshift offices and whatever you had at your home, that I think that that would be a different discussion now where people are going, look, it's working great, even though I'm sitting at my kitchen table with a laptop. Don't make me come down to work. Absolutely. And I think there's also the issue of folks who worked remotely prior to the pandemic who then all of a sudden saw new remote workers having things paid for by the company or, oh, we'll supplement this or we'll do this. And they're kind of over there going, um, excuse me, I've, I've been doing this for years and nobody compensated me for those things either. So there's, there's, a, there's absolutely a have and have not uh, component to remote work. Absolutely, the proximity bias is a factor. That's no question. Um, it, it leads into another study from uh, 2014 where they coined this term the irrigation effect meaning the closer you are to the source of information, the better you receive it. So in this study, executives and C-suite people ranked the amount of communication they received on a regular basis from their company as about 90% appropriate. That number goes down about 10 to 15% at every lower level. So, so the closer you get to those frontline employees, the less effective communication is, and that absolutely factors into that proximity bias as well. The farther you are away from the source of information, the less clear the communication is, the less communication you are receiving in general. And so companies have to work extra hard to compensate for that now that some employees are not even physically in the office anymore. So now that we've established that it, it, proximity bias is clearly a factor, um, we'll start with the employee and then we'll go to the company. But first of all, what can employees do going forward? What are some ways that they can sort of offset that and, and be just as present as somebody who is on site? That's a tough question. And I, I would love to you know give advice to employees who are working remotely about how to be more engaged. But my my gut reaction is that those changes need to come from the top. The mindset has to change um, from business leaders, own, company owners, before that problem starts to get solved. And so as Julie mentioned in her previous segment, um, it's, a lot of it is just about being aware that the problem exists in the first place. Um, and once you're aware of that problem, then asking yourself, do, do I want to fix this problem? Now, in my opinion, the answer should be yes. You should absolutely want to fix the problem. Um, but it's harder to do this in legacy companies. You mentioned Manitoba Hydro. That's a great example that they've been around forever, right? It's, it's harder for a company that was built with physical offices from the start to transition to this new way of working than it is for, say, a tech company that just started in, you know, 2017. They probably built themselves as a remote-first company. So it's easier to, it's easier to fuel that than it would be to, to turn a, a huge ship around like a Manitoba Hydro. Speaking of that, the city of Winnipeg has been on our station recently and saying that they're going to sort of, this is the future of, of working at home and and are going to sort of be part of that future and allow people to do this when applying for a job even today. So what can employers do to, because I agree with you, I think it, it it is to the benefit of employers to ensure that this proximity bias isn't a factor. What are some ways that companies can go about including everybody going forward if this is going to be part of the future with some staff at home or other places? 
I think the the first thing to look at, aside from that whole mindset shift, once they've decided, yes, this is a problem and we want to address it, um, it's it's investing in technology, I think, is going to be the first challenge. Uh, now, your technology is only going to reflect your current culture. It's not going to solve a culture problem, but it's certainly going to help facilitate those connections. So there's ways companies can, can find ways to create what I call collisions virtually. There's a, there's a company called donut.com that will facilitate five minute coffee breaks randomly between employees at your company. Um, there's a, an agency that I've worked with uh, recently that now has no physical office. So as a result, they've saved a considerable amount of money from paying rent in this space. And they're using that money to tell their employees Every month, everyone's got X number of dollars to go meet in person with other employees. So they have employees that are dispersed. City Winnipeg might be a good example. Likely most of their employees are already within city limits or somewhat nearby. Um, They could say, well, here's X number of dollars a month. You know, meet for lunch, meet in person when it's safe to do so and, and, and have those connections. Because the technology can certainly facilitate that and it will do a great job of the, the work part of it, the business management, the project management part of it, it's not going to substitute casual, friendly encounters, and that's what builds rapport and culture. How much is this discussed with psychology in your, your community and your company? <laughs> uh, I would say it is our, if not number one, uh, number two challenge. I think we are more dialed into this issue. Maybe us at HR, those are probably the two Um, industries that are the most dialed into it because anyone who is working in employee communication, employee engagement, they're facing this now every single day. What are we doing with remote work? How are we communicating who's coming to the office when? How are we communicating virtual meetings? How are we making sure that people are or or technology is accessible to everyone at our company? They're no different than many of the other work challenges. Accessibility in companies and offices specifically was a huge issue before the pandemic. It's just coming to light now because those of us who had the privilege of not having the challenge of accessibility are now realizing um, what that challenge looks like for our coworkers. Where can people find ecology and or ecology, sorry, and, and get more information on what you're doing right now? We are at joinecology.com, and I am all over social media, so I'm sure I'm usually pretty easy to find. <laughs> Great. And by the way, we got a texter, Keith, who says four fifty a gallon is about $1.12 per liter, so that's interesting. Uh, thank you for the math that on that. That is interesting. And uh, uh, we we'll have to do some more math on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm with you. Uh, it's funny how you can take the girl to Winnipeg, but we still can't figure out U.S. gas prices. I understand Absolutely where you're coming not. No, from. I never will. Yeah, never. Uh, yeah. And just finally, for you and everybody else listening, the verdict in the Johnny Depp $50 million libel lawsuit against his ex-wife Amber Heard has her counterclaim has been delayed after the judge sent the jury back because it has not completely filled out the verdict form. So when that form is completely filled out and uh, put back in front of the judge, we will have the latest and the the result of that trial for you live on 680 CGOB as well. Kristen, I really appreciate your time and insight on this, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll reach out to you soon um, to see where this is all going as well because it's a fascinating topic and an important one. Thanks for doing this, and all the best. Thank you. I'm always happy to take calls from a 204 number. So take care, Jim. Thank you. There we go. Yes, for sure. Kristen Hancock, once again, VP Community and Engagement at a company called Ecology, talking about proximity bias and the future of communication with companies going forward and what we've seen with uh, people out of the office.